Welcome to After the Whistle. If I had to choose, I'd say the Leafs playing Tampa, they have a better chance of winning as of right now. If Boston falters a little bit and they stumble into the playoffs, then maybe I'll change my mind. But right now at the moment, if I had to choose between Boston and Tampa, I'm choosing Tampa. I've been hard on Dwayne Casey this season as well, but whatever he's doing is clearly working because the bench is producing, the starters are producing, and everyone's buying into the system. The NBA has been a lot, a lot of fun to watch this year because it hasn't been a traditional year where it's just Golden State and Cleveland dominating the league. After the whistle. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to After the Whistle, season two, episode four. We're back after a two-week hiatus. We had to more, do some other stuff for school, so we got kind of busy. But well, it was more like a one-week hiatus. Like last week, we actually didn't record. We recorded technically the week yeah, before. Yeah. Which, if you guys haven't seen, we did an interview with Matt Black from the Toronto Argos. We uh, posted the actual video of the interview on Facebook. We're we're thinking about just da- like exporting the audio and posting it like a, as a podcast as well. But we have the interview up on Facebook. So if you guys want to check that out, you guys can, of course, at ahead of the game. Yep. And you'll see an interview with Matt Black. Guy He's, had an interception to win the Great Cup. Yeah. He had a, he he made a game-winning interception, although he doesn't like people calling it that. Yeah, because he but, said it was just one of many yeah. plays that... But we interviewed a CFL champion on our podcast, great, great which is pretty too. good. Pretty good stuff. I don't know how... I don't know why he decided to come on with us bums. But yeah, I know. I know. It was charity work. Probably the, the worst thing he's ever done in his career. Up there. Up, up there. there. Anyways, <laughs> Labrina talked about the Olympics because everyone's in Pyeongchang right now. At least everyone who's a professional journalist and not the us. Korean, we're, we're not in Pyeongchang. We're in attendance. We just go... Yeah. This show is not coming to you live from Pyeongchang, South Korea. Although that would be sick. We're live in Etobicoke, though. Live in Etobicoke. I remember on today on um, Jay and Dan, he's like, oh, I wish we were in beautiful Scarborough right now. He's like, I miss, I miss Tim's. Scarborough's <laughs> nice, man. Scarborough's nice. It's, it's really nice. <laughs> Down in McCowan. But let's talk about the Olympics because it's been a very successful Olympics for Canadians so, so far. far. So far. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've got three gold, four silver, and three bronze at the moment. And I don't think there's anything going on right now because it's currently, actually, it's about 7.30 a.m. in South Korea right now. So they should be starting the day soon, a few hours at least. Well, right now, do you want to just quickly run through who's like in the sure, top yeah. five for gold medal? We know Canada's tied for second right now. Well, eh, technically third. Uh, on TSN's list this morning, they ranked them as second just on based on total medals. But some... Medal standings, okay. they go by gold. Well, right? I'm looking at the yeah, we're, yeah. So I'm looking at the Olympic actual medal count. So Germany's right. in first with five golds, two uh, silver, and two bronze. Netherlands are in f- uh, second, four gold, four silver, four uh, two bronze. Norway didn't see Norway. I don't know yeah. why Norway's up there. They have three golds, five silver, and three bronze. Canada, as Stefan said, three gold, four silvers, and three bronze. And the United States have. Three gold, one silver, and two bronze. Yep. Wow. But Canada's done well so far, and there's been some good stories come out of this. Mark McMorris winning yes. a bronze in slope style after his terrible injury uh, less than a year ago, actually. when he, Pretty he, much uh, fighting for his life. Yeah, he hit a tree, and I think he punctured a lung. He broke six bones or something, and um, he had a broken spleen as well. So, to be so, honest, if you... If you haven't seen the picture of him in the hospital bed, like yeah, it's pretty gruesome. It honestly, like, it's not, and he can pro- he'll probably say it too. Like, it looks like he's on his deathbed, because, right? Like, it's yeah, just, like neck brace tubes all over him, and it was. And scary. I actually heard a story where, as um, 
right after the injury happened, one of his friends or like one of the paramedics or something had to keep talking to him so that he doesn't go like out of consciousness because yeah. he was going in and out of consciousness. That's how serious the injury was. And he actually going in before going into the um, the third run for the snowboarding the, yeah. the slope style. He was in he was in the lead. He was in first, but then the the kid the seventeen year old from the states yeah. came over. And I just, thought you said you haven't watched any of the highlights. I watched that one. Yeah, I know. I watched that one like live. I the was, big ones because the Leafs were winning. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna right. flip over to the Olympics. Yeah, but so the seventeen year old comes in and destroys it. Um, the second Canadian, what's his? What was his name? Toronto or something? Like that? I don't even know. But he came. Yeah. He came second in silver, and McMorris came in third for bronze. So we had two Canadians get on the podium, which yeah. is nice. And a couple two nights ago, we had Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue skating in their ice dancing in their third Olympics, and they won their second gold of their careers. And this is expected to be their last Olympics. Second gold of the Olympics. Second gold of the Olympics. Uh, uh, they their achievements go way beyond that. They've won. About Countless. seven or eight Canadian championship golds. Yeah, since they were like fourteen years old. So Tessa Moyer and Scott, or not Scott, Ver, Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue. I always switch the names up. They're basically like Mike, the Michael Jordan of Canadian. Yeah, they're like the Wayne skating. Gretzky of figure skating. Yeah, pretty literally much. the Wayne. Yeah, like Angela James is the, the Angela female. James of uh, figure skating. Yeah, ice dancing. Yeah, yeah. For those so, who don't know, Angela James is the was is regarded as the female Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. And Stefan actually did an interview. Yeah, with her. you could read that up on the Emerge. It's our school uh, online uh, publication. You could read that when we're we just, actually have the website up, but it's not up yet. We're just plugging away. We're just getting we're just this whole podcast is just an advertisement right now. Yes, yeah, someone, someone yeah. pay us. Follow please. me on Instagram. Wow, at, wow. At Spearoff ninety six. Anyways, let's move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs because they're obliterating everybody go right Leafs, now. Go. The Leafs are the greatest team in NHL history. They're going to win the cup. No, let's 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 calm down a little bit. But That's they are playing uh, very well right now. That was a little. They've won ambitious. eight of their last nine games. They've been unstoppable since Babcock switched up the lines and put Marner, Marlowe, and um, what am I saying? Mar- Marner, Marlowe, who's and the Kadri. other guy? Kadri together. <laughs> They've been unstoppable since Babcock switched up the lines. And they have, in their last nine games, they're eight and one with thirty-seven goals for and nineteen against. <clears throat> so they're playing their right now. They're probably playing their best hockey in the last fifteen years. And obviously, people can debate that, but they're playing great right now. The offense is flying. I mean, they could be playing a little bit better defensively, but things are never going to be perfect. We can't especially expect that Leafs, as the Leafs, especially Look, with the Leafs. As a Leafs fan right now, you have no reason to complain. Your goalie's in conversation for the Vesna. Your team has a 20-point lead on a playoff spot. They're basically locked into the third in the Atlanta. Well, they are locked, unless they'd literally have to lose, like, 23 of their next 25 games to miss the playoffs. So that's Missing the playoffs is out of the question. So They're going to make it. So basically, Leafs fans, we're cement, we have our spot cemented. It's just a matter... Now it's just a matter of playing well. Right. And get, having momentum into the playoffs. Because... So, yeah, we've won what? In the, we've won eight, eight and one in their last, in the last nine. That's, nine and two in their last 11. That's good, but we got to keep that up because inevitably yep. the Leafs, they go on streaks. Whether it's good or bad, they'll go on a great streak and then they'll have a bad streak, right? And that's, so that's how the Leafs are. One of the arguments right now is the Leafs' schedule uh, from it's now until the end of the season, it's not the worst. It's it's the easiest oh, schedule. really? Because before, from the month, from December to January, they had like literally the worst they're, schedule. Yeah. Now, now that's why they're, I think partly the reason why they're winning games now is because they have way more home games. But their schedule is really, really easy uh, from now until the end of the season. They've got 50% of their games actually are against the six worst teams in the league. They've got Buffalo four times 
from now until so April pretty, 6th. So knowing knowing how the Leafs are, Buffalo's going to win three of those games because that's no, that, yes, I don't think so. I don't that's no way, what no happens. way. It's not going to happen this year. They got Buffalo four times. They got Tampa twice, which is obviously Tampa's going to be those going to be tough games. Um, they got Florida twice. They got Montreal two more times. They got Ottawa again, and I'm pretty sure. There's another bad team they're playing a couple more times, so it's it's not the most challenging schedule. I mean, they're playing a lot of games, but not against challenging teams. So if the Leafs really want to challenge either Tampa or Boston for that first or second spot. Another run. Yeah, they need to, they need to go in their twenty next twenty five. They need to win about eighteen of those if they want to they want to get into first place. And Boston and Tampa have to slip a little bit. I not to say that they have to lose every game, but they have to slip a little bit. I think the standings are going to stay exactly the way they are. Tampa first, Boston second, Leafs third. I think there's really, like, maybe the Leafs and Boston will flip, like, like sporadically throughout the rest of the season. But I think those are going to be this. I think those are going to be the same. The same. That's going to be the standings for the rest of the season. Yeah. And it, honestly, like, one thing that I've, one thing that I've liked, and also we were harping on Babcock a lot for it early in the season, was that he was stubborn to. To the guys that he likes, he's very stubborn and he doesn't like like he doesn't like making changes. Well, he does make changes, but for the most part, he likes keeping his thing in check, right? And it was Leo Komarov playing with uh, Patrick Marlowe and Kadri. There, in no universe should Leo Komarov ever be having twenty five minutes a night. No, and that's what he was. And that's what he was getting early on the season, up until January. He was average. Like, he was having almost twenty minutes a night, and Austin Matthews was having like maybe 16, 18 minutes yeah. a night. That should never happen. Honestly, I don't think it's that far of a stretch to to think or to put two and two together. Ever since Komarov has gone to the fourth line and is averaging like 13 minutes a night, it's helped the Leafs offensively because you don't have him on there. Yeah. Nothing against him. He has fourth line hands. Like there's that's not He plays he plays he plays well on a penalty kill. He's a great penalty killer and he's a good checker guy. When you need to get your fourth line out there exactly. to, to start and some create some energy, that's what his role and is. I feel too like also uh Komarov was having a really awful season up yeah. until now because he was playing a lot of minutes so I think that kind of went against his game like you play, he play, he was playing so much that he was, I think he was tired now on the fourth line he's a little bit more refreshed he can go out there and be that spark that you need and honestly the fourth line I think is one of the best is the best in hockey with Komarov Dominic Moore and Kapanen Kapanen's basically full and it could be even better my, my thing would be and every, a lot of people have said it so it's, I'm not taking yeah. credit for it yeah, but yeah. The way that this one could be even better is you move Komarov to center because he can play center. He's like he's a fifty percent faceoff yeah. guy as well. And then you put freaking Josh Levo on the left. Imagine a fourth line or Shoshnikov. Shoshnikov. Gotta, like I feel bad for these players. I feel so bad for Josh Levo, for Nikita Shoshnikov, for Miro uh, Altonin, for uh, Janssen. Like there's so many great players in the system that can't play because of this log jam in but the I, Leafs lineup. But I think right now, going off of who performs, I think. Josh Levo would slot in. Like, yeah, Josh, Josh Levo on the left, Comroff in the middle, and then Kapit on the right. That is inc- that's yeah. basically, you have four lines that four can score lines. at any given time. But also, Kapit and Levo throw their bodies around, and of course, Komarov is a, just a gritty player. The funny thing about Shostakov, like you said, is I liked him last year, but he got hurt. And basically, Kapitan stole his job. Right. Kapitan stole his job. And a lot of people were, even before Kapitan kind of came up, People were building Shoshnikov as Komarov's replacement. But now it's more like Kapanen is, is literally Komarov's replacement and Shoshnikov is kind of out of a job now. Sucks for him yeah. because they, the, what, the Leafs recalled him yesterday because there's a, there's a clause in his contract that if the Leafs didn't recall him back to the team that he could leave for Europe. 
Right. Right? So they recall him, and then they put him on injured reserve, which yeah. everyone I mean, knows. What else can... If you're Lou Lamorello, there's not much else trade to do. Trade him. Trade him. Well, maybe at the trade deadline. You, who knows? No, but that's what I mean. Like, you're holding on to a guy who obviously you value because they don't want to lose him. I know, but, but you trade know what? Him. Shoshnikov knows that eventually there's going to be space, right? JBR, yeah, Bozak, those UFAs... They're not all going to stay long-term. The thing term. is, though, is that how patient are these guys? Because let's not forget. These well, guys- Josh Nikov already said. He said he want, He thinks he has a future with the Leafs, and he's willing to wait. Josh Levo, on the other hand, wants to play with the Leafs as well, but he doesn't want to wait forever. So there's a difference between but the two. But I think I think over time, like, Josh Levo hasn't played in over, like, in, like, two months. Yeah. Josh Nikov hasn't played in I don't even know how long. Longer than I, that. He's played three games this season. Let's not forget. They're saying this because they have to say it. Yeah. Right? Levo Levo was, was even the comments that Levo made which for people that don't know he basically it basically came out that he said it's either you play me or trade me like figure out what you want to do with my situation now he's not wrong which is understandable like what he's like this guy hasn't played in two months and they just re-signed him earlier in the year so obviously and it was a one-way deal so obviously when you sign that contract they're telling they're um, what's the word let's kind of they're, it's foreshadowing for something. Obviously, you think you have a shot, and obviously the team thinks you have a shot with them as well. But no one wants to wait forever yeah. because now you're just diminishing his playing ability and also you're taking away from his trade value. Yeah, it's a tough situation, and we'll see what happens. But right now, there's nothing to worry about if you're a Leafs fan. I mean, those players... Yes, have- there is. Roman Polak is still freaking playing. Yeah, but... You know what? He's he's not the greatest defenseman, but he's not the biggest of the Leafs' problems, right? So he's not he's he's not the difference between the Leafs going far in the playoffs and and not going far because you need you need a defenseman to play physical, especially in those games where in the playoff games when the the intensity revs up, right? You need those physical players in the lineup. And Babcock has said over and over again he likes his intensity. Yeah, he likes his intensity. That's fine, but also Komarov has the speed of a like yeah. seventy year old with arthritis. The guy, in especially playoffs, it's going to be tough. Like, he does his job well, but I think, like, going into the playoffs, I don't know if we need I we need to find someone else other than Roman Polak. Whether now Connor Carrick can step up, which he hasn't been Polak, doing. Polak, albeit, like, Polak was good in the play in the first round last year. He laid out some monster hits in the first round last year that changed the momentum of the game. So yeah, and then he, I got, give and then Polak, he broke his leg. Yeah, and then he broke his leg, but that's unfortunate for him. But he had a good playoffs. He did. He did. Yeah. Now we're just now. Well, let's just let's work it. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about the game last night because the Leafs Tampa came into Toronto and the Leafs got out to an early three nothing lead, and of course Tampa came back to tie. Because that's what happens. Well, they're a great team. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's the Leafs' fault. You know, they, none of the goals Tampa scored were defensive lapses. You know, the first one was a was I think it was a deflection. The second goal was a bounce, and then it went right to Kucherov's stick. And the third goal was a point shot that Anderson probably should have had. But none of them were hugely the Leafs' fault. Tampa can just score goals. That's what they do. But one thing that really impresses me is that they came right back a couple minutes later, and JVR scored the game winner. Which is the past. The Leafs of five years ago, when they gave up three goals within that time span, they would break. They would have lost that game 5-3, 6-3. But but this is the difference between the Leafs now and the Leafs prior. the worrying sign is still there because they still blew. Yeah, they still blew the lead, but it's against Tampa, right? No one expects, you know, know, Tampa's down 3-0. You don't expect Tampa to roll over. A team like Tampa is never going to roll over. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it doesn't matter against which team. It's 3-1 going into the third. Yeah. You should be able to hold on to that lead. That's what I mean. I don't care which team it is, but 3 okay, 3 nothing. Obviously they scored one. 3 nothing is the worst lead in hockey. 
Well, I would think two nothing is the worst. I always think two nothing is the worst lead in sports. Yeah, two nothing is bad too. But even three nothing, the game is far from over. But still, I, I going the Leafs going into the third period three one, you can't let a team come back three three. Yeah, that can't happen because in the playoffs, it's going to bite you in the ass. It's yeah. just going to happen because you can't like we like I've been saying all season long. You can't you can't keep relying on your scoring to get you out of problems. Sometimes defense is what's going to win you a game. And on nights where Anderson maybe is having the best night. Like we said last night, some of the goals were not his fault, but some of them... He made some big saves in the first and second period. But you can't rely on him all the time. No. Which is going to be a problem. But if they play in the first round against Tampa, assuming that That they move up in the standings... That would be the worst situation possible. That's not the... I think it's better than playing Boston. The Leafs can beat Tampa. The Leafs can play with Tampa. It's just going to be a high-scoring series. There's going to be a shitload of goals on both ends. I know. Now, whereas they play against Boston, Boston's allowed 129 goals this season. That's ridiculous. They're allowing like two goals a game or less. I know, but I w- I don't want to take my chances in every game being like seven four because. But you don't want to get into a defensive battle with Boston either because the Leafs are not good defensively. I guess the way I guess what we're saying is that either situation is not good for the Leafs. I'm if I had to choose, I'd say the Leafs playing Tampa. They have a better chance of winning as of right now. If Boston falters a little bit and they stumble into the playoffs, then maybe I'll change my mind. But right now, at the moment, if I had to choose between Boston and Tampa, I'm choosing Tampa. I would stick with Boston. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, they're both tough. They're both going to be tough teams in their own way, but I think the Leafs have a better chance at beating Tampa. And we saw it last night. They could play with the big boys. The Leafs are right up there. With They're one of the best teams in the NHL. How about, like, I'd take, like, also, like, the Red Wings or Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, realistically, how much of a difference does home ice even make in the playoffs? For the Leafs, I'd say it makes a big difference because they play a lot better on home this season at home than on the road. I think it definitely makes a difference. I think for the good teams, for not even the good teams, for the great teams, it doesn't matter where you are, home or away, great teams find a way to win. For a team like the Leafs, like you said, they depend on home ice advantage. Because if you like They let's can say, win on the road. That's not that's not necessarily the case. They can win on the road, but let's say let's say you just so the first two games are at home, right? Second two games are away. Let's say um let's say the series is three two for the Leafs. Coming back home, knowing that you have an elimination game at home, you're hosting, that's a good benefit for the Leafs. Yeah. In their favor. Because, what? Because actually, more pressure's on the Leafs in that situation because they have to win at home. But what I mean by that is that you're in your home building where you know you can play well, right? You have your own fans behind you cheering you on. It benefits a team. But a good team, a great team, doesn't matter where they are. Road or away, road or away, home or away, it doesn't matter. They'll find a way to win. So, but you know what? Eighty percent of the Leafs probably aren't going to have home ice advantage. So, they get better get used to playing on the road. So, well, they did well last year against yeah Washington. They did, they did, and this year they're that much better. So we'll see. Anyways, a team that's not going to be in the playoffs right now is the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, they've yeah. lost six straight games. They're a five hundred hockey team at the moment. What is wrong with the Chicago Blackhawks? I but think it, it's not even that the fact that they've lost six games in a row. It's the fashion in which they've lost them. The Coyotes beat them 6-1 last night. I think that the, the, um, the saying is always, time catches up with everybody. And I think time has just caught up with this, this Blackhawks team. They've had yeah. unparalleled success for so long that it was only inevitable that they were yeah. going to fail at some point. They also, it's, just, it's their longest losing streak since 2011-12. But if you want to talk about the Blackhawks losing, there are some reasons you could used to to lay a blame on why they're losing. Well, Corey Crawford's been out the whole season. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They traded Artemi Panarin for was, Brandon Saad. I was just going to say that. They, that one was a weird trade because they tried to basically... They tried to recreate the magic from when they were winning the cup, get Saad back, but Panarin is just a better goal scorer. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know why you wouldn't keep him. But, I mean, Crawford's out. Jeff Glass and Anton Forsberg have taken over goaltending duties, and they've been terrible this season. Jeff Glass is an 899 save percentage and a 3.24 goals against average, whereas Anton Forsberg, 907 and 3.05, so not much better. And get this, Jonathan Taves has only 15 goals and 36 points through 56 games. Yeah, it's not the... It's not good. And you know what? This all started last year in the first round of the playoffs when they got swept by Nashville. You saw a Chicago team that was lethargic. You saw a Chicago team that didn't have any desire to win. And that carried over into this season. I think like, it's, I think it's you got to also think of it too, think about it too. How much how much hockey has the Chicago Blackhawks played like over the last how much five playoff years? hockey? Yeah, and that, just, that was one of the excuses they used last year in the but playoffs. Just, just hockey. So what I mean is that there's a lot of tired legs on that. So maybe not making the playoffs this year is going to be nice. They can actually rejuvenate. I but don't also, buy that though because Taves is 29, Patrick Kane is 29. These guys shouldn't be worn out. Yeah, but when you're playing almost a hundred games a season for four years in a row. You don't think that takes a toll yeah, on you? Yeah, but they still get four months off to recover. But still, but well, now, but now they do because no Olympics. But just imagine, yeah. throw the Olympics. If actually at the NHL were in the Olympics, that's more games. That's like fit, that's ten more games added on. Yeah. All I'm saying is that it does wear on you playing that much hockey in that short and that amount of time does wear on you eventually. No one's immune to it. It's in every sport. That's fair. What I mean is that this team is this team is old. So you think this is the end of the Chicago dynasty? It's not just a blip in, the, in, no, the, in no, their it's history. The, it's the end, but now it's gonna have, they're going to have to strip away from what got them there to the dynasty and start implementing I, but new I blood. Just like, if you're Chicago, how do you can't, you're not going to rebuild with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane still on your team. Well, You've yeah, still got two amazing, and you've got Seabrook and Keith. you still got two very, you know, they're not their careers aren't over yet. They're still young enough to keep playing. Obviously, Taves and Kane are in their prime. But yeah, but what I mean is now you got to start surrounding them with some younger, better yeah. players. Like, this is, they, they I don't think they should do a full rebuild. They should do what kind of what Cleveland did: it's, out with the old, in with the new, but build around the superstars. That's, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. That's what's good. But it's okay. Once they get Ross uh, Dalian, it's all going to be taken yeah. care of. Don't worry. They're not going to get Dalian. They're not finishing worst. You never know. Oh wait, but it's a new system now. It's not based on the worst team in the league getting yeah, it's, the top it's pick. The, it's the pot. Yeah, Pitts, uh, Philadelphia got See? Nolan Patrick. See, but Nolan Patrick has like 15 points this season. He's been so terrible. So basically, <laughs> Blackhawks are getting Dalian, and they could, they could. But one team that's not going to finish in the bottom of the league are the Toronto Raptors because they're first in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. The Toronto Raptors are the best team in the Eastern Conference and the third best team in the National Basketball Association right now. And yet the the American media still thinks that they're not even in the league. They treat them like they're just nobodies. Well, so, yeah. to get into this, the Raptors, they've had a five-game winning streak and that's what's propelled them to first in the East. And there's been so many storylines around this as well. Dwayne Casey earning his 300th win with the Raptors. Big accomplishment. Yeah, and... Over the last five games, the Raptors have won each of them by over 15 points. So that's a huge accomplishment. Here's a question for you. When was the last time the Raptors have won five straight by at least 15 points? I'm going to say Vince Carter era. The answer is never. That's never happened. So that's a trick question. The answer is the Raptors have never had a team do that before. 
This is wow. the best Raptors team of all time by far. And it's crazy. It's crazy. The bench is producing so much that they're at a point where the starters have been on the bench for a lot of the, the last five games. Lowry's, or Lowry, I think I read, he's playing five minutes less than he played last season. Which which is helping. Yeah. That, well, it's giving the bench an opportunity. Because but also, it helps. It it's, e- it's easy to do that when your bench is producing like the Raptors have been. So it just makes everything a little bit easier. You can give guys a little bit more of a break. Right. Whereas last year, we, we hardly ever saw that. Like In like three of these last five games, DeRozan and Lowry have not been the superstar of the game at all. No. Fred Van Vliet's had 20 points. Uh, I think Siakam had 20 points in one of the games. DeLon Wright had 20 points in one of those it's games. It's a team effort. It's, it's a crazy. Team. Like They've got even Kyrie Irving said the Raptors have the best bench in the NHL, in the NBA. Hey, and that's o- coming from a great player. It's honestly, it, it's a team, and that's how you're going to win. Because obviously the Raptors, like we said, DeMar, DeMar is our superstar, but now he's starting to come into like superstar status in the league. Like he's actually cementing that, but up until now, he wasn't really like a superstar, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But so it was going to have to be a team effort, a team collective effort. And uh, whatever Dwayne Casey, I've been hard on Dwayne Casey this season as well. But whatever he's doing is clearly working because the bench is producing, the starters are producing, and everyone's buying into the system. So, hey, good. Let's keep it going. Like, <laughs> don't stop. Let's go. Yep, let's go. The Raptors are going for their 40th win tonight against the Miami Heat. The Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Whoa, Dwayne Wade Heat. The, the Dwayne. Du- yeah. I don't know how they, they added Dwayne Wade. I was trying to think of a way to say, like, Miami with Dwayne Wade. Yeah, no, yeah. He, everyone. I think everyone got the point. Yeah, he's yeah. back home in Miami. Let's let's just take a second. I know that's kind of old news, but because we didn't record a podcast last well, week. Well, actually, so. I'm going to talk. I have Cleveland down All here. All right, perfect. We yeah, have to talk perf- about perfect it. Perfect segue, yeah. okay. Yeah. So the Cleveland Cavaliers on the NBA trade le- deadline blew up their roster, and basically, they basically have an entire new team now. So I have, I have exactly who they got rid of, yeah, right? Yeah, and I actually wrote it down based on that photo you posted. So, yeah, we posted... Fo- if you don't follow us on After the Whistle Podcast on Instagram... Uh, what's our handle? After the Whistle Podcast. At post, After the Whistle Podcast. Yeah, we post content on there. So, right? And literally, like, this is the picture. I got this off Twitter. In less than 90 minutes, the Cavs added Rodney Hood, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance, and traded away Isaiah Thomas, Derek Rose, Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, Amon Shumpert, and Jay Crowder. Oh, Jay Crowder was written two times. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's, that. yeah. <laughs> so this was a massive three-team deal. But the question here is, how much better did it actually make the Cavs? Because I've heard people say it made them worse. They're all the, no, not made them worse. That they're they're the NBA Finals favorites all of a sudden. Well, yeah, Charles Barkley said that. What? On, like, I don't. How? Well, here's here's what they mean. That the team that they had before the trade was old. Yeah, they, they were. They're old. Now, so that basically didn't give them a shot because they weren't very athletic. Now, they basically got rid of all the dead weight. All Even though I think Isaiah Thomas, that was that was a rough situation. I don't know. Now he's in Los Angeles. My, my point is the player, none of the players that they got are superstars. No, but they're young and athletic and they all are going to help LeBron. Yeah. They're young and faster. Yeah, and, I get that. And basically what this is, all these guys are compliant. They're going to comply to what LeBron wants. They're going to fall into order. Yeah. That was the main problem with Isaiah because as soon as Isaiah left, his agent was like, in Cleveland, it's it's the ball is always in um, LeBron's hands. Whereas Isaiah, he needs the ball in his hands as well. There's not enough ball to go around. Yeah. So, but what I mean, what I was going to get with that is that the Isaiah Thomas deal, that's going to bite them in the ass because I think in six months, he's still recovering from a bad injury with the Lakers. Isaiah Thomas is going to be back to normal and it, that's going to look great, right? But 
the Cavs got younger and they got stronger and faster and it showed they beat Boston. It, showed, not, it, showed, they, it wasn't a close game either. No, exactly. It immediately showed. What, and like, I don't know whether or not what the specifics, but it showed right there that... And yeah, it has propelled... LeBron's also been like a superhuman in these three games since the trade. But now he's motivated now because he has yeah. new people to work with. Right. Now, the only question is that... Is 28... I think it's like 28 games left in the season or like 27. Yeah. Something. Is that enough time for this team to gel? I don't know if that's enough time to get everyone on the same page gelling. But hey, if you're winning games... They're not going to win all 28 games. No, but the fact is that you need to get them all on the same page. Like right. Learn the plays, right? Run the... Well, and, we'll see. And But what I was going to say is that if they're winning, doesn't matter. I still think if the Raptors go up against this team in the playoffs, they'll still beat Cleveland. I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna they're be not the Cleveland of two years ago when the Raptors would walk in there and just get annihilated. This Raptors team is very good, and the NBA doesn't give them enough credit. They can go. They can play with the best in the NBA, and if it happens to be Cleveland, they'll beat Cleveland. I'm telling you right now, the only team the Raptors will lose to right now is Golden State. Well, I think yeah, pretty much everyone will lose to Jordan State. <laughs> Jordan State. Jordan I was, State. I was looking at. I was looking at some of the. The stats. That's Actually, well, ESPN, and according to their power rankings, they have Houston as the best team in the NBA yeah, right now Houston. because Chris Paul, James Harden, man, they have man, their their chemistry right now is crazy. J- James Harden, he was actually rated the best player in the NBA and right based now, on the he, right ESPN now, power is, rankings. Yeah, right now I think he definitely is the best player in the game. Yeah, among uh, among others, there's Victor Oladipo in, in Indiana, uh, Paul George. There's a couple others I can't remember. I think Giannis Giannis should be up there, but he wasn't. Well, that's because I think the Bucks have had a little bit of a yeah. Well, they are a playoff team. They are a playoff team, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, people are saying the Cavs are now the NBA Finals favorite, which I don't, I don't understand. But I guess you know we we have to wait and see what happens with this team. Whether, like you said, whether they have enough time to gel or not. Honestly, just looking quickly, like James Harden, he's averaging his points per game right now is thirty one yeah. point three. Yeah. Next, like next in line. Is Chris Paul with 19. It's That's crazy. That's nuts. James really, Harden, like, honestly, he's been ridiculous this season. The thing, though, crazy. the thing especially is because in the past with Houston, when it was James Harden, it was, he was selfish and it was just get the ball to him and he was, it was basically, he'd put it on his shoulders. So, like, yeah. basically what so now he's playing does. more of a team game, but it's yeah, benefiting him. But it's benefiting him as well because now he has people that can actually put up and score right. as well, right? So he's not, he doesn't have to do it all, yep. all on his own. It's interesting. The NBA has been a lot a lot of fun to watch this year because it hasn't been a traditional year where it's just Golden State and Cleveland dominating the league. You've had some new teams come out, like the Raptors and Houston. Uh, right. And then you had Cleveland well, with all these too. losing, all like this have, losing, right? You have the Wizards, right? Washington is in fourth. Yeah, it's Bucks. been a very fun NBA season. And I know at the beginning of the year, I said I don't like watching NBA because it's too predictable. This season hasn't been predictable. No one predicted that the Cavs were going to do what they did at the trade deadline. The NBA has been as much like the NHL as it can be this season. Exactly. At the start of the season, who would have thought that the Oklahoma City Thunder would be fifth? Yeah. No. Who, would have, who would have thought Cleveland would be in the position they were before the trade? Everyone, like, exactly. No especially one. adding um, Paul George and Carmelo. Everyone thought the Thunder were literally going to be yeah. second in the West. Also, even no one thought the Raptors would be this good. No, even especially because of all the young players, everyone predicted them to have a worse season. Yeah, no, it's it's been a good it's been it's a, been a year. great year for the even NBA. Even too, even Philly, 76ers yeah. are slowly coming back. So well, they got they got some right good now. players, Joel Embiid, and they have some other uh, rookie that he had a big game last night. They got to trust the process. Trust the process, and the process is working in Philly. 
But let's move on because we've got about five minutes left. So we're going to move on to our Do You Know Sports segment. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to ask Francesco some questions, some random questions about sports that have no relevance to what we've been talking about so far. Fun. So where was the 2002 Winter Olympics played? Just because we're going on with the uh, oh, Olympics. I know this. It was it was in the States. Yes. Oh my God, what's the... T- what's... It was that it was that Olympics where Canada won gold. I know uh, I, that oh, famous so, Olympics. No, Salt Lake City. Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. Yeah. Yeah. Want to know Salt Lake City, Utah? I should have asked you what state that is. No, no. Salt Lake City. Would you have said Utah? No, I would have no? just said Salt oh, Lake. Okay. Uh, who is the captain of the current Canadian men's hockey team in Pyeongchang? <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, I don't even. I don't even. Former Ottawa Senator. I don't even remember the roster. Let's just put it this way. Okay, wait. Former, former Ottawa Senator, I'll give you, like, Mason he played, Raymond. like, a thousand games. I don't even know. Mason, no, it's uh, Chris Phillips. Oh, okay. I he wouldn't. played, like, a 1,200 games for Ottawa. Oh, <laughs> clearly, I missed all of them. Okay. You, one, one. So, you'll, you'll, get, you'll probably get this one. Which Maple Leafs alumni is celebrating a birthday today? Oh, Matt Sundin. Matt Sundin. Matt, Matt Sundin. Sundin is 47 today, which is kind of hard Still to believe. Still looks 30. Still, well, he's, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it's he does ball, it. He's it's Swedish. baldness. Swedish. Name five players on Team LeBron in the NBA All-Star Game. Or if that's too hard, name three. Okay, no, he's got Lowry. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. So I, meant, I meant Kyrie Irving. I literally meant no, Kyrie Lowry, Irving. No, yeah, Lowry's not on the team. No, no, he meant Ky- I meant Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I meant Kyrie Irving. I don't know why I said Lowry. Yeah. He's got also Kevin Love. Yep. He's got DeMar. Yep. Um, who else is in? Um, if you can't get five, I'll just three. It's fine. Um. Okay. Ah! I, I actually forget the list I was looking at well, it before. How, okay, so <laughs> but those three were on one hundred percent. Okay, we can we can Google it. You should have those answers ready. Yeah, I know, I do for the other other ones, but I don't for this one for some reason. All right, hit me with the other question while I still find the. Okay, so you're let's just yeah let's let's keep that question off for now. Uh, well, this is actually the last question. Okay, so where was the All Star Game held when Vince Carter won the dunk contest in two thousand? I don't know. All I remember is Kenny the Jet Smith going, it's over. Yep. It's over. I think it was it, Los Angeles. Close. Very close. Oakland. Oh. It's actually really close. <laughs> okay. Oakland. So oh. you're like, so you got the first one, right? You got the second one. Wrong. Wrong. You got the third one. So you're two. Two and two. All but right. you're waiting on this last question. I wanna, okay. So. These these team, uh, LeBron's team is. Well, you're already looking at it now, so there's no point in me asking the question, right? But no, but I got it right. You said yeah. name three. Yeah, I didn't yeah. name three. Okay, so you got so Kyrie right. Irving, uh, Demar Derozan, um, uh, Antena Kupo, and Joel Embiid. Those are the yeah. starters. I said Kevin Love because I remembered him, but he's no, on it the doesn't team. matter. He's, he's on in the, the reserves. Team. He's on the team. Oh, so I have not guess Porzingis, Chris Tapps. Wait, he's I... injured. Is I don't he... know if he's playing. Oh, yeah, he is injured, so they might, yeah. they might switch him out, but they might bring him along. Yeah. I should have known Giannis, too, the Greek freak. Yeah, the freak. But anyways, yeah, so you're you're two and three. Oh, three and two. So you, and won, two. you won the challenge. And uh, that's been After the Whistle, episode season two, episode four. I hope you guys had a good time listening to this. Listen to our other previous episodes if you haven't already. Follow us on Instagram. Check out our interview with Matt Black, which I don't know how you check it out without adding me on Facebook, so I should probably create a YouTube channel and put that on the YouTube channel so we you guys can do watch that, it. But no, follow us. What? We can post a snippet of it on, on Instagram. On Instagram and well. then we can, we'll add it, we'll create a YouTube, a YouTube channel, and then we'll link the video in our Instagram so you guys can listen to it. But or watch you it. have to add us on Facebook and Instagram, please. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, well, you guys know my name already, but. We want more followers. 
yeah. Said, we need and to friends on Facebook. Yeah, we're lonely. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, cuffing season. Well, Francesco, so yeah. cuff, cuff us up, please. Well, the cuffing season's kind of ending now. Yeah, soon. It, we're it, getting into the the spring weather. So yeah, it's kind of like we have like some. This is the reserve squad. Yeah, we have some people call up from the Marlies, from the Myers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna get too much into detail, so but call um, us up, please. Call us up and keep listening to our show. And it's been going on for eight months now, so that's kind of crazy, but. It's been good so far. We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna yes. keep doing it. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. See you next week. Arrivederci.